1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the 77 Club. We thought with everything going on in the world uh, that we try and lighten the mood so we thought we'd pick a season where we did well so that was a good start and talk about it essentially go back in time see what was what in the 2013-14 season Harry it was your pick wasn't it I think it's probably of the last 10 years one of your favourites yeah it's, it, I think the reason it's my favourite is one I was in my early 20s I went to quite <laughs> a lot of the games yeah, yeah. so you're like you know you're in your prime uh, went to a lot of the games and we just had the doom and gloom hadn't we of the double relegations it was nice to start winning again all the dead wood was gone and I really really enjoyed it it was a great season Jack some of those away days were just incredible weren't they yeah, it was brilliant. And same to Harry, really. It's actually one of my favourite seasons. And the reason for that is we got to go to a few grounds that we wouldn't usually go to because we could, we most of our time, in our lifetime, we've been in the second tier, really. So we got some nice different away trips. It was a sort of a fresh start, the start of what now made us sort of rise from the ashes. And it was just a really good vibe and a really good following everywhere it was back in the days where it was easy to get away tickets so personally I was I could pick and choose my games a bit and uh, would always prioritise the away ones over over the home games really but it was a a brilliant season not much has changed Um, Bayliss for you it was something where we could never even envisage I suppose uh, that we'd be sat here talking about uh, European football on on a weekly basis and Premier League football obviously that that precedes that for you what are your sort of first memories of that well it's quite strange because it was the years I was at uni so we sort of went Premier League down down again so I copped a lot of flack 
through those years. Plus, I was a student, so I was absolutely skinned. Um, so the fact the tickets sometimes were a tenner was actually a bit helpful. Well, you're actually in Nottingham, weren't you? So yeah, I was in. I was living in Nottingham, so I went to the county game, but I ended up sat in the home end because they gave students tickets for like thirty p or whatever it was. <laughs> um, Harry, you've sort of put a little bit of a list together, which I think is the one that we're sort of going to use throughout this. So Jack, I know you've got a couple that, that stick out for you. What we're going to try and do is sort of just go through that season and, and the, the ebbs and flows of it. And it, to be fair, it's mostly flows, wasn't it? It was a record-breaking season, 103 points from it. And what's the one that you're most looking forward to talking about, Jack? Uh, mine are probably a bit different. You get the ones that, that stick out just because rather than the games, you think about about the away days and I've got a few a few stories from games I'll probably never forget that weren't that memorable in the course of the season but the ones that stick in my head towards the end are being promoted at Crewe um, the obviously the, the 6-4 home game against Rotherham and the, uh, the the 3-1 away win at Leighton Orient I'd say and Harry it was one of the first seasons where we saw you in action in front of a, a camera phone screen mm. Uh, mm. talking to some memorable people were there some that maybe stuck out for you yeah well Brentford away uh, we will get to it I did meet a very famous person off a very famous American film called Superbad so <laughs> that was quite entertaining but a, a lot like Jack actually that that game was brilliant but I think the most fun I had which we'll get to was around October Halloween times when we went to Bradford away that was probably one of my favourite memories we live in a world where Wolverhampton Wanderers are Premier League but it hasn't always been that way He's blown the final whistle. There are boos around the Molyneux. It looks bleak for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Your Premier League podcast. This is the 77. It's enough to send shivers down your spine, isn't it, listening to that commentary. Relegation against Brighton and back-to-back relegations confirmed with that game. It was just a terrible two seasons, wasn't it, to be a Wolves fan, uh, you know, from that sacking of Mick McCarthy in the February of 2012 and Terry Connor's ill-fated tenure ending in relegation from the Premier League and Stoller Solbakken brought in to try and steady the ship, get Wolves back to the big time at the first time of asking, sacked by January, losing to Luton in the FA Cup. Dean Saunders eventually brought in to try and save us from relegation from the Championship. He failed to do that. He actually left Doncaster Rovers in League One, who were sitting pretty at the top, and then literally swapped places with his old side as they were promoted and Wolves were relegated. So it was confirmed that Wolves would be playing in the third tier of English football for the first time since 1988-89. And the first thing that happened in that close season was Dean Saunders lost his job, one of the shortest tenures, even though in the realms of the context of that time. Um, it was probably quite a long time to be in charge of Wolves, but former Millwall man Kenny Jacket was brought in and the first thing he had to do was clear some of that dead wood away. So people like Jody Craddock, he retired, uh, Christoph Berra, Sylvan Ebanks-Blake, Stephen Hunt as well being released along with some other academy players, sort of like Sam Winnell, uh, Johnny Gorman as well. And it was all about getting players out 
an off-the-wage bill on loan to other clubs. Stephen Ward going to Brighton, Wayne Hennessy, a short loan to Yeovil, which was due to end in November time of 2013. Razak Bukhari, JB Record, and, and the big one that I think a lot of people were glad to see the back of was Roger Johnson as well. So he joined Sheffield Wednesday on loan due to come back in the January. But it's all about the positives in this season and the players that Kenny Jackett brought in. And the main one, it's really difficult, isn't it? I think Sam Ricketts is a leader, a free transfer from Bolton Wanderers, an absolutely inspired decision playing 42 league games that season. And probably one of the best passers of the ball, probably... Pre the Ruben Neves, Matinho era, Kevin McDonald inspired signing from Sheffield United. £750,000 seems like an absolute bargain now. Goldborn as well from Barnsley, giving George Ellicobi a run for his money at left back and obviously won that race in the end. James Henry and Michael Jacobs, new Adico, Leon Clark, Courtney Horse, of course, didn't turn up until the January of that season. So it was all about getting the squad balance right. And it was a decent pre-season as well a couple of games in Scotland a 3-2 win at East Fife a 2-1 win at Livingston over to Wales then 2-1 win at Wrexham a draw against Barnsley away and a win against Chesterfield 2-1 finishing off with that sort of tasty tie against Real Betis at Molyneux and Wolves losing that 3-2 but we start in the league and it was Preston away so we'll start in the beginning it seems a good place to start so we'll catch up with the rest of the lads and it was a nil-nil for Wolves. Let's just look at the lineup. But in goal, Carla Kimi, uh, Danny Bath, Matt Doherty, Sam Ricketts captaining that season, Richard Stearman in there as well, David Davis, David Edwards, Lee Evans, Bakary Sacco, Lee Griffiths, and Bjorn Sigurdarsson started that game. And Harry, it was one of those pictures, I think, with the Wolves fans at Preston that's always yeah. used as a sort of meme on social media at the moment <laughs> isn't it with uh, with fans attending games and stuff when Albion pulls some sort of uh, picture from a, <laughs> a, one fans. of the lesser attended games in the championship and then the one the away fans at Preston are sort of thrown back in their face and it was just an incredible atmosphere that day yeah well when we was on about it before when we researched this season I, I put this game in because it sticks in my memory because we had such dark times and I remember it was a sunny day and all the Wolves fans were very optimistic I think Kenny Jackett did the right thing got rid of all the knobheads basically who had uh, disappointed the, the last two years and it was, there was so much optimism obviously it ended nil-nil but I was it was a great day we were drinking uh, before in the pub just by the ground 5,000 in the away end it was just a shame we didn't get the win but it was just a sign of things to come fresh start and the team to be fair to them they did all right but it wasn't until a few weeks later we they really got into their stride Kenny Jackett Jack taking over from Dean Saunders that ill-fated trip where he literally swapped places with the team that he left in Doncaster Rovers <laughs> in them getting promoted and Wolves getting rele- relegated couldn't couldn't save Wolves from relegation from the championship Harry mentioned the clean slate there and it it really was wasn't it up and down and and throughout the club because you'd had I think Terry Connor Terry Connor was there for about 13 years and Mick McCarthy had obviously been there and and then Solbakken and and, and the sort of the the merry-go-round of managers that we had since then so it just brought a bit of stability to the club at the time didn't it? I mean you've got to give so much credit to Jacket especially now Mm. looking back from this position six years on because that was a big risk for him in terms of his career as well and and 
effectively taking a step back down into into League One at a club that's had back-to-back relegations and got all these sorts of a, a squad of players which potentially either don't want to be at the club or don't want to leave the club because they're getting paid too high wages and it was a, a real project that he took on and you've got to give him a bit of credit for being coming in and, and making those changes and it was a big risk and you can't really fault the guy because we could have easily gone there was a real crucial point in the last in the recent history of Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club because if that we'd not got that, that right, I mean, look at teams like Sunderland who've gone down to League mm. One and they're struggling to get out of it. If we'd not got that right, arguably, then Fosum might not have wanted to buy us and take a team on that they've got to get in two back promotions to get to the top level rather than just that one. So it was crucial. And Bayless, the masterstroke of Kenny Jacket, obviously the the promotion and the success ensued, but also from bringing in one of his former players in Sam Ricketts into that side and he ended up making 42 appearances that season and what a captain he was through that campaign. Yeah, superb. I know that we're obviously now looking at a very different quality of player, but what he brought to the game, you could see that it was a complete renewal at Wolves, wasn't it? It needed to be a rebirth. There'd been some really toxic few years with what happened and he did the perfect thing. The other big shout out's Matt Doherty. Starting yeah. starting the season in League One. The lad's now absolutely tearing up the Premier League. So that's another thing that you just think it's mad. When you, if you don't remember it, to think that guy was, you know, a nobody that came for seventy five grand from an Irish team a few years before that. Yeah. Now look what he does. It's brilliant. And Harry, we, we talked about the players that you bring in and also the one player that stayed from that relegation campaign from the championship Bakary Saka I mean this was the season for him to shine and he sort of got off to the almost perfect start didn't he almost yeah he was brilliant that year and he was on a lot of money so you could see why he, he wanted to stay for the money basically and also Kevin Doyle but Kevin Doyle actually did admit he weren't um he wasn't motivated to play I remember him saying that about halfway through the season so so fair play to Sacco for that reason but we had, we had a deadly team we had all the money and it probably would have been a failure if we didn't go up but the fact that Jacket did drop the likes of O'Hara and Carl, Carl Henry you know Johnson it was all out the door wasn't they so he still had a big job to do and it was just it was a, a really good season now, The first win of the campaign was actually the next game home game against Gillingham 4-0 win um, but Harry the, the one that you've written down uh, was actually the fifth game of the season which was Port Vale uh, an away <laughs> win 3-1 just uh, why does this one stick in your mind? Well, it was a great away day because obviously Port Vale, but a bit of a local derby, I guess. And it was the it was the Lee Griffiths dance. He he, he completely mugged off Lee Hughes. <laughs> Lee Hughes got absolute dogs abuse for the whole game from the away end, absolute packed away end from the walls. And uh, fair play to Lee Griffiths. I mean, a lot of people don't like him, but I loved him. Um, he was a good little goal scorer in that league. And when he scored and did that dance, that was absolutely brilliant. It's his sort of level, wasn't it, Jack? Really came into his own in League One, which is why he's probably, you know, really good at Celtic. <laughs> well, that's the way it goes. And if you tear up League One, you can probably do well in Scotland, as the old saying goes. Um, but yeah, I remember that game as well. I think it was a good weather as well. And there was a lot of trouble after. I remember walking out yeah, the ground yeah. and it was all absolutely kicking off there was people fighting in the streets with blood flowing down their head and I was like <laughs> I, right I can't be doing with this just walked past it all when it's just there was a pub over the road home fan pub just went and sat in there and just had a pint I had no trouble at all obviously I had no <laughs> colours on but it was it was fine so that's just, just what Stokes normally like yeah. <laughs> well just I actually went to, and had a pint and waited for it all to blow over <laughs> <laughs> sounds familiar, <laughs> familiar I, had, I, had a, I had a pint with Robbie Williams that day did, no you didn't what? no I didn't that's why I had to <laughs> Blobby Williams, maybe. Ball <laughs> over the top towards Griffiths. Makes a little bit of space for himself here. Still going, Griffiths! 
Our Wolves take the lead. And Lee Griffiths gets his fourth goal in four games. Wolves pushing forward again, looking for a second, and they've got a second goal. It's Bjorn Sigurdarsson that makes it 2-0 in front of the travelling supporters. Wolves finishing the stronger now as they go for a third goal, and surely they'll get it here. Kevin McDonald gets his first goal for the club. The full-time whistle goes as Wolves' excellent start to the season continues. They've won here in the Potteries by three goals to one. And it wasn't far off the perfect start. The 0-0 against Preston, then there were wins against uh, Gillingham at home, Bristol City away, Crawley at home, Port Vale, that 3-1 win that we just talked about. And then Swindon came to Molyneux, a 3-2 win there. Before the first loss of the season, away to Walsall, the Saddlers edging it. 1-0 1-0 but then a run of three in a row away to Shrewsbury at home to Sheffield United big win there and also away to Colchester United a big 3-0 win there Lee Griffiths grabbing a brace and Kevin Doyle on the score sheet too before a trip for Coventry to Molyneux 1-1 draw there and then a 2-1 win at Molyneux against Oldham on the score sheet that time James Henry and that man Lee Griffiths but we join up again with the lads just before Halloween 2013 the 26th of October and it was a trip to Bradford City and I think it has gone down in history hasn't it as as one of those games that not Many people are going to forget for a very, very long time. Harry, it was Bradford City. It made your list. 2-1 win for Wolves. Uh, James Henry, Richard Stearman on the score sheet that day. Um, but I think it was more about the build-up, wasn't it? And, especially, and the journey home. It's, uh, just talk us through it. Yeah, so when I, <laughs> so when I was doing like the, the season, picking out the games, I met a lot of Wolves fans probably wouldn't even have thought of this game, but... Uh, it was mental. We, it was Halloween. It was like I think it was a few days yeah. before Halloween. So we went up. We all dressed up. We had masks on on the minibus. Jack was there, weren't you, son? Yeah, we're on the same bus, weren't we? I yeah, remember. we went up, and uh, I think we got about ten miles away, and I was dying for a piss. <laughs> and uh, I've gone to piss in a bottle, pissed all over my mate's coat by accident, and uh, the bloke. I did get a bit in there, and uh, uh, shall I name him who yeah. did this? Our mate Steve Priest ended up drinking my piss. So before we got so there, it was absolutely free t shirt, but you can have that. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, to, yeah, he, got, he won a t shirt in one of our competitions, so we let that happen. But the build up was amazing. And then, Jack, what's your memories from that on I, the minibus? Oh, yeah, it was just, I remember we had to. They obviously had to stop off before driving in and get rid of all our alcohol. And then we went to a, oh. a pub in Bradford, and Bradford's just like going back in time. Oh, God. And yeah. I asked, like, the, the, I think I asked the barmaid for a straw for some reason, for, for not actually for myself, but for someone else. And she looked at me like I'd just, I don't know, like she just drank my piss. I think. And- <laughs> <laughs> I was quite excited as well because Bradford's. Um- <laughs> Bradford's ground reminds me remember when Paul Scholes scored that volley for Man United in the Premier League they, can you imagine Bradford were in the Premier League and uh, he scored a volley there back in the day and that's what was in my head going up there and it was it's a big ground isn't it Bradford and so we were in the little shed away end behind the goal but the rest of the ground's probably Premier League worthy yeah. so I was really buzzing for that and as you mentioned we won 2-1 the, the pub we went in before I don't think it had any windows <laughs> it was proper rough but it was quite it. ironic because it was the Coral Window Stadium where Bradford plays, so they need to do some sort of deal with them. But yeah, but it was it was like like I say, going back in time, proper old school booze that we all stood outside. But they got about twenty Jager bombs for about a shilling sixpence. So. <laughs> Jack, the big news before the game, we looked at the team sheet. One 
person who was on the bench was Jamie O'Hara. We all shocked about, weren't we? I can't remember that level of detail. But he he left under a cloud, didn't he? Really, and mm. I, I know he's obviously spoken about it on Talk Sport recently, and. Um, yeah, he, he, making the bench. It was just strange to see him. But Bayliss, you, you, you're just talking before we started recording this episode about what he was saying in the, the whole episode yeah, of he that. he he never left Tottenham and stuff and that he wanted to play better football. But he never even made the bench many times in those years at Tottenham, came to Wolves. And I think the actual reason he came to Wolves is that no one else was going to shag his missus. So, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, but he was a promising kid at Tottenham, weren't he? He weren't good enough for Tottenham. No, I don't think so in the grand He was good at Portsmouth. Really. You've got to give him that. He was good at Portsmouth. Remember that. Oh. Came to us, scored that goal away at Albion, signed the contract, and he was shite. He put on about four stone, and he was about as much use as a he, Renault a classic. He was a classic <laughs> classic money footballer. Classic, only in it for the mm. money. Didn't didn't care when he was at Wolves. As you said, he didn't even, didn't even want to come. Bayless, you would be a money footballer all day long. I would. <laughs> Of course you would. I might enjoy a bit of cash, of but I bloody would. try. I'll always give my all. Yeah. <laughs> it's enjoy a bit of cash. <laughs> uh, but it's a great result, wasn't it? Because it pushed Wolves actually into second place in the league, going above Peterborough. Uh, although, and with a game in hand over those as well. We were holding points, on at the so. end as well, Sam, from memory. Yeah. Who scored for them? You got it up on your screen. Uh, it was a man called Devita. Yeah, don't Big remember career. that because they had a striker for them, and I forget his name, but he was lethal at the time, and, and Wolves were interested in him. Who scored for yeah, us? Remember Reuben, Reuben Reed was it S- by chance? Reuben no, Stearman and oh. who scored for Sam? Stearman and, and uh, James Henry. Yes, Stearman scored at their first five minutes. But the big, the big news from this game, the reason why I picked it, he was approaching Halloween. We all dressed up in masks and that, and uh, we threw our masks onto the pitch. And Sacco put it on, started dancing around, and that picture got spread across all social media. And he replied to us on Twitter. That's all that matters, isn't it? Even back Twitter was around day. back then. Wow. Yeah. See, so you were Twitter famous before it was was a thing. He was on Twitter big time back then. Yeah. Chance at the far post here. Oh, it's off the line, and then it's driven home. Rafael De Vita. Oh, it's going to fall here to Henry. Rather fortuitous. But Wolverhampton Wanderers are level. James Henry took his chance, beats McLaughlin. Another chance as well. It's Stearman. It's 2-1. And in the space of, what, five minutes, Wolves have turned this around. They now lead. Fine finish. It's been a wonderful game for the neutral and a wonderful result for Wolves in the end. They have beaten Bradford City. And Wolves actually managed a further four points from the next two games. A tuna win over Stevenage and then a 2-2 draw away at Carlisle. Bakri Sacco and, you guessed it again, Lee Griffiths on the score sheet for Wolves. But then it was a trip to Nottingham, most notably Notts County. And at this point of the season, Wolves were actually two points behind Leighton Orient, who were top of the league on 38 points. The oldest club in the league in his English football history. Uh, Bayliss, one for you, obviously, because uh, you went to university in Nottingham. It made sense. Just set up the day as it unfolded. Uh, usual student day. Got off about 10 half 10. <laughs> Had a can. Can I just say straight away, straight away, you've never got up at 10 half 10. Never, not <laughs> you, get, you get up at <laughs> half five in the morning, so this is just fake now. straight away. <laughs> Bayliss cut the grass for the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was actually the only away game I managed, given my financial situation and being trapped in Nottingham without a car that year yeah it was a normal student day and you were in the home yeah. end weren't you got you up, said it got up mid-morning had a couple of tinnies with some mates and a couple of them said oh we'll, we'll come along we weren't doing anything that day 
And I think we got to, it was something stupid, like a fiver for the tickets and home end for students. So we went along. All I remember is we had tons of chances. Like tons and tons mm. of chances. And then eventually, yeah. it was a good goal. Landell, was it? He banks Landell. That's yeah. the biggest shock for me that he, he scored. Like a, that must it be was his like only a half goal. Volley that he like swept in from the middle of the box. I'd look mm. at it on YouTube actually, so I know it was. <laughs> it was actually not not County's biggest crowd of the season at seven thousand five hundred and twenty at the time, and that'd be why that'd be and, why then because it was students yeah, for a five. Yeah, two thousand seven hundred and thirty Wolves fans there, so um, in in full full voice. Harry, you say you're playing you're playing golf when Ebanks Landell's goal. Yeah. What I want to ask though, Bailey, did you go to Hooters that day? Yeah, good. Cool. Yeah, I was playing golf. Yeah. It's literally opposite ground, I don't know uh, if the Harry. audience know, but I do play off scratch, so I have to play a lot of golf. So. <laughs> but yeah, I remember... I, I can't afford any tees. Sp- I was at Wire Forest Golf Club, and I remember playing, and uh, I remember the goal oh, game. I remember I got really drunk. I got chucked out of the ground. We, I don't know what minute we scored. When was it? 60, something? 60, 70? 76 minutes. Yeah. And then I sort of did that thing where, you know, you jump up, but then you realise what you've done. <laughs> and the steward was stood about three yards behind me, and I didn't clock it and got chucked out. Fair to say that Wolves have had their opportunities... Still no way through yet. Henry Bialikowski. Goal for Wolves! Ebanks Lantel. The breakthrough. Opportunity to well and truly wrap things up here. Oh, they've hit the post. That was the moment. Sigurdarsson. Wolverhampton Wanderers victorious. Defeat for Sean Derry and Notts County. Then it was all about getting points on the board. A nil-nil draw against Brentford at Molyneux, followed by an impressive 2-0 win over Tranmere Rovers. That man again, Lee Griffiths and Dave Edwards getting on the score sheet for that one. Then a disappointing loss to promotion-chasing Peterborough. They were well in the race for automatic promotion, this one lifting them into third place in League One. And then it followed another loss this time 2-0 at home against Milton Keynes. It meant that the table looked a little bit like this. Leighton Orient top on 44 points, Wolves second on 43, Brentford in third on 40 and Preston on 38. We join up with the lads now, funnily enough, for Rotherham away, a 3-3. We'll be talking about the return leg uh, of this particular tie but we'll, we'll talk about the away one first why does Rotherham away stick in your mind Jack sort of 21st December around Christmas 3-3 draw well you think the uh, impressive 3-3 scoreline is why it would stick in in my head but if I remember this was the Saturday before Christmas so um I was quite looking forward to it. Got it. We got the train very early. I had my Christmas jumper on. It was a Christmas tree. I remember that. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I'd be nice. So I bought a, a bottle of Jaeger for the train to share out amongst everybody. So That's good of you. Yeah, we stopped off uh, We stopped off in Sheffield on the way before going to Rotherham. So fast forward to about quarter past 11. I'm laying on the floor in the toilets of an unknown pub in Sheffield, <laughs> unable to move. I managed to stumble stumble out the toilets and uh, walk up the walk up the hill to find a Novotel. Check in at the Novotel, have a little sleep, get up about six o'clock, miss the game completely. So don't ask me about the game because I can't remember what happened at all, but I slept all the way through it. Met the lads after, we were coming back about half six and then got the train back, went out all night and kidding. <laughs> Did you go to Tribe? <laughs> I think so. Can't <laughs> nice went to the Harry's arms. <laughs> oh, God. So that's why I remember that game. 
Yeah, so like the first half of the season, we were winning, but I always remember thinking, bloody hell, we're a bit edgy here. Because you always think Wolves are going to mess this up. We're going to be in League One for five years. We're going to do a Leeds. We're going to do a bloody Sheffield United or take your pick, Sunderland right now. But, you know, we ground it out and then we did take charge after Christmas. But yeah, a good, like it was attacking football, wasn't it, that year? Especially with Sacco and Dicko and Lee Griffiths and that. And Jacobs, Henry. But what a, what a result. 3-3 three, three away at Rotherham. Happy days. You talk about it and actually the, the games before that, losing those to, to Peterborough and at home to MK Dons as well. Oh, I went to Peterborough. I went to Peterborough. Shocking. Because Peterborough at the time were top of the league. I think we were second in memory. And it was the worst game of football I've ever seen. And I remember going there thinking, I hope we win this because I want to ring up and go mad at Adrian Durham. He's a big <laughs> Peterborough fan. But uh, it didn't work out, so I didn't do it. And actually that Christmas period, 2-0 win against Crew at home on uh, Boxing Day and uh, a 1-1 draw following uh, that against uh, Leighton Orient. It was the first full house, wasn't it, Harry? 28,598 mm. and just over 2,000 Leighton Orient fans. Yeah, and we mentioned the Notts County game earlier and that man, Ebanks Landau, did put us 1-0 up. And I was in a box that day. Believe it or not, I was with the uh, prawn sandwich. I was, in a, I was with the working? prawn sandwich brigade with Seb, uh, one of our lads who plays football. His misses, his dad sponsors the Wolves, so he was in the uh, box. And I, it was in the Steve Ball though. And you can't if you if anyone who's listened to this has been the Steve Ball in a box. It's like a soundproof room, so you can't hear nothing. And uh, yeah, so the atmosphere was good apparently. So I'm told. And they have the man over here. It's Ebanks Landau, and he scores. Brilliantly taken goal to give Wolves the lead with just five minutes played. Ethan Ebanks Landell leathered that one home. Look at the space that he'd found, but he still had plenty to do here before applying the thunderous finish. And he won one of the last four games coming into this. Good save by Jake Larkins there. And the rebound is wide. But it's all Wolves at the moment. And it's Wolves coming forward with Jacobs, and it opens up for him. The shot wasn't too far away either from Michael Jacobs. For Henry, and they'll try and do rather more than just clear their lines. They spark the counter attack instead, and there's a real opportunity here. McDonald running onto it is denied by Larkins. He's going to be trying to hold on to their top spot. Dean Cox with the ball through for Odebajo, who delivers a really good ball in, and Matcha Baudry has applied the finishing touch for the equalising goal. With, I think, their first shot on target. Then a new year and another point on the board away at Tramier Rovers, this time before a surprising 1-0 loss away to Gillingham, but then a run of five wins in a row at home to Preston, Bristol City, Bradford City and Notts County, and also an away one at Oldham, a 3-0 win there. Could Wolves make it six in a row against Brentford away? And it was the first time we saw Harry get his phone out and start talking to himself. So I'm here with Toby, a Brentford fan, and uh, obviously I'm a Wolves fan. I just want to get his opinion on the game today. My personal opinion is I think we're going to end their run of wins, well, undefeated. They've won 16, drew three in the last 19. I think we'll win today. But I just want to get Toby's opinion. He's a big Brentford fan. So go, Toby. Well, I, I think if we do, I think if we play to a maximum, we've got enough to beat them. Ten home wins in a row. Clearly, we're very difficult to beat here. I think the longer that run goes on the less likely it is to end I think it'll be, t- it'll be tight but we you know we, not, teams don't beat us at home yeah. and you've got to be very good to yeah, yeah but like I was saying I was saying to Toby 
I think if they've, they've been unbeaten in 19, but I think a team like Wolves is the team to stop yeah. their run. Well, we lost time to Tranmere last year when they were top of the league. So yeah, that, so that's certainly, a, but you still a sign that Wolves could get a result. But you're still really um, confident today. I, yeah? Well, I'm never too, I'm never overconfident, but I do, yeah. I do think you know it, it'll be a tight game. I just, you know, if Wolves do win this, I hope their fans realise what an enormous. Oh yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We, We're not just another, you know, we may, we may be a, another small club in League One. Yeah, we are, we are pretty good. Oh yeah, um, you're definitely good. You're flying, yeah. but I think um, when there's a run like that, statistically you've got to lose. And the team, yeah, like one Wolves day, we'll, one today. day we will. One yeah, day, yeah, yeah. But um, one day, so you don't think the season? Well, no, this season we probably will end up losing yeah. at home. Well, we've lost a few away games this year. Yeah, and, and surely you know you're most like the game you're most likely to lose away from home is against the team with the best home record in yeah in yeah. the football league. But we're coming into confident. You ain't lost in 19. Yeah. Oh, no, Personally, that's I think both teams are going yeah, into yeah, great well, form. Yeah, we, we, a, we're in a good run, yeah. but not as good as you. But I think you drew a loss. Yeah, and I think maybe we are, I think but... we're confident in your confidence. It's gonna be a great game, isn't it? It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Mark. It's gonna go over way. It's gonna be a great game, but I think you are due a loss. So Harry, it was your f- first sort of branching out into vlogging uh, that we just heard there, yeah. a little clip of a, a guy that did look like McLuffin. Uh, McLuffin yeah. from McLuffin. Uh, McLuffin. <laughs> yeah, I've always, been, I've always been desperate for attention, so this, I think this is where it started. Um, I remember the, I remember because we'd had a few beers, I was with mate Seb and Lou, and I went up to this lad and he was giving it the Barry Big Biscuits in the stand, <laughs> like, he's in the pub, saying that Brentford are going to win. Blah, blah, blah. So I went up to him and like, filmed it, put it on Wolves News. I think, uh, did you play the clip then, yeah? Yeah. You played the clip then, and uh, yeah. So, but we absolutely battered on that day. And at the time, it was a huge game because I think we were second or first, and Brentford were either third, second. You know, they were in and amongst it, and we absolutely ruined them. Sacco, Jacobs, and I love that that ground because they got a pub on every corner. We're in the away end. I remember when we scored the second, my shoes come off because <laughs> someone we were celebrating that hard, but someone trod on my shoes and they both come off weirdly. But yeah, great day. McLovin, I love you if you're listening. Because it lifted Wolves into second place, level with Leighton Orient, 67 points. Wolves had two games in hand, though. Leapfrog in Brentford, who were third on 66 points. So, Jack, it was just a really, really important win. Obviously, lifting spirits going into uh, the promotion places as well. Yeah, it was a it was a big game, and just remember it being a really really sunny day again. I don't know if we had a lot of good weather yeah. that year, but it was it was glorious. And like Harry said, pubs on the corners of the ground before. And the good thing about 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 Brentford is or the Brentford old ground now as obviously they're moving to a new one very very soon it's just it was just like a ram-packed terrace full of Wolves fans and you couldn't move really until we scored and then it was just just absolute carnage carnage much awaited clash between two of the pace setters in League One Brentford taking on Wolves into the near post have flicked in it looked like it was going wide but it's dropped in at the back post it's James Henry and in first half stoppage time Wolves take the lead Lovely ball into the path of Jacobs. Great finish. And Wolves double their lead. Michael Jacobs, fourth goal in four games. Chipped in for Sacco. Lovely back heel from Sacco back to Scott Goldborn. It comes to Jacobs. Tremendous finish. And for the second week running, Michael Jacobs scores two. And Wolves lead 3 0. And surely now have wrapped up the points as the Brentford fans start to drift away. So Wolves making it six wins in a row there. They actually made it seven with a 3-0 win again over Port Vale at Molyneux. Sacco and Dicko with a brace getting the goals in that one. Then it was all about the local derby, the return fixture against Walsall at the Banks' stadium. Bayless, you said it earlier, it's uh, closer than the Albion uh, 
3-0 win. Impressive. Actually, just do run down of the team just to keep our feet grounded all this. Akimi, Ricketts, Goulburn, McDonald, Bath, Stearman, James Henry, Jack Price, Dicko, Michael Jacobs and Sacco as well. It was just a complete performance. Yeah, it was, it was a mad game, Walsall, because I think Wolves fans are really looking forward to it after the 1-0 loss at home. And I remember having a few tins, walking over the bridge, and I've drove past Warsaw that many times on that bloody motorway that I'd never been there in my early 20s. I was buzzing just to batter them, and we did, didn't we? Absolutely ruined them. Our team was too good. They had that big, bold fella who looked like an egg who started on uh, uh, Dicko. And then after the game, which we'll probably get to in a minute, one of their fans started crying. It was just nice to batter Warsaw because the amount of teams that come to modern you and just say, you're a small team in Warsaw, that crap song they all sing. It's just nice to batter them. And uh, it was their World Cup final. They won't get it again so we'll never be down there. And it was lovely. And Dan, it's one of those away games as well that there was quite a lot of Wolves fans there when you actually compare it to the to the rest of the stadium as well. Half the stadium we had there, yeah, and three and a half thousand Wolves fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not the biggest of places. I bet I bet the Wolves fans had it absolutely going as well. Mm. Obviously, wasn't there. Bit of a shame that it kicked off a bit too much. They are from Warsaw, so they don't know any better, do they? The market weren't on that day, I don't think. But you know, it's a massive local derby at the Banksy Stadium. Warsaw taking on Wolves, their near neighbours. If Wolves win today, it'll equal a club record. Eight consecutive league wins last set in 1998. Henry's ball across and headed in by Nuadiko. Six goals in seven games now, having joined from Wigan. And Wolves take the lead. High ball in, hits the inside of the post. And bundled over the line by Nuadiko. Gets his second goal of the game. Henry hit the inside of the post and there was Dicko right on the line. Wolves lead 2-0 with a free kick. Four players around, it's Bakary Sacco! It's an excellent strike and Wolves now lead here 3-0 and there is no stopping them at the moment. Lindsay, I think, is a Warsaw fan. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Paul. Um, I've been to the Warsaw game today. I've been a Warsaw fan since I was six years old. I'm now 24 and I'm disgusted with the actions of Sacco and... Ikey, now we had Alan Pardew in the press the other week for what he did. We've had Sacco inciting the crowd when Wolves scored. The tensions are already high, but to top the last at the end, Ikey comes over to the Walker fans and makes hand gestures. I'm absolutely disgusted. Well, we saw a little altercation uh, on the full-time whistle. Uh, just to go back to, to Sacco, um, wh- when are you accusing Sacco of inciting the crowd? When, when he scored his uh, goal? When, when he scored his goal, yeah. Okay. Um, that's but wasn't, wasn't, wasn't he celebrating in front of the Wolves fans? No, he scored the end of the Warsaw fans. The free kick? Yes, the first goal that Sacco scored in the first half. Nua Dicko scored the first goal. No, no sorry, Dicko, but when that goal went in, sorry, Sacco made that gesture. OK, right, so Nua Dicko scored the first goal and uh, you're saying yes. Sacco... Yes, the Warsaw fans. Right, and then Ikemi at the end. Yeah, he made hand gestures towards the Warsaw fans. Went across in front of him in the lower uh, pole choice stand. Now, these are professional people. If anybody else did this in their profession, sanctions will be made against them. And I hope to God the FA brings some good sanctions against them, because I'm livid. So, how, I mean, did a lot of the fans see the, the hand gesture that he was the, making? Yeah. Because you sounded pretty emotional about it. Yeah, my, my boyfriend and me, he's seen it as well. He's, he's witnessed it. I'm not the only Warsaw fan who's seen it. Uh, you, you sound, the, police have, the police have reported it as well. I have, I have these guys, thanks to. You sound upset about it. I love water for bits and I can't thank Dean Smith for what he's done. If that guy was given some money, 
we be up there with the wolves and we'd be better than them. Well, he doesn't have any money and he's, he's doing the best he can without any money. There's he, no doubt about that. He's definitely the manager of the year in the Midlands by far. Uh, manager of the year above Kenny Jacket. Oh, boy, Kenny Jacket's got money to spend. Dean Smith's got nothing, a shoestring. And that's how Bans has always managed that club, sadly. I remember the days of Ray Grade and he did it on a shoestring. And Dean Smith's tried to replicate that again. Yep. Eight wins in a row soon became nine, with an impressive win away to Swindon Town. Sacco, Dicko and Leon Clark on the score sheet. A 4-1 win over the Robins before drawing a blank at home to Shrewsbury on the 15th of March 2014. A surprising loss a couple of days later against Crawley Town going down 2-1 away there. James Henry getting on the score sheet, but it was only a consolation. But with 10 games to go, Wolves were in a really, really good position. A 2-0 win away to Sheffield United meant we were starting to dream. Back to Molyneux on the 23rd of March. A couple of days later, a 4-2 win over Colchester. Then it was the big one. The social media campaign to take as many fans as possible to Milton Keynes or 10k to MK. One of the biggest away games, I think, Probably recent history in terms of the league. Obviously, we talk about Wembley, even though we don't like to talk about that. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, games away at Spurs. But certainly in this season, it was the 10K to MK uh, campaign uh, that we tried to obviously put together. And I think it was in the end about 8,000 Wolves fans were there, Harry. I think they say, they they joke saying 8,800 to MK. But it was a great day. I I remember getting off the train. It was a weird. It was a weird one because it almost felt like a cup final, but it weren't. It was like a standard league game. I don't know how far into the season it was. I forget now, but load of fans took over the pubs and just before we went there, I remember everyone stood on top of the chairs. The, the, the tables collapsed. It was weird. Like honestly, we broke a lot of the tables. Nothing to brag about, obviously, but we did. And then Punjabi Wolves were filming a BBC documentary. I was just walking to the ground. They were doing their whacking the drums, and that it was so good. And then, but the game was quite boring in memory. But luckily, yeah. that man Liam McAllinder did get the winner. If we wouldn't have won that day, it'd been such an anticlimax, <laughs> man. God, it was perfect in the end, wasn't it? Sneaking a one nil like that. Yeah, Jack? it was. But like Harry said, it was. I think it was. It was quite late on. McAllinder scored. It was about the 18th mm. minute as well, wasn't it? So the game was. Yeah. A bit drab the atmosphere before was brilliant uh the mk dons's ground is i love it i think it's one of the, the mm. best, best grounds mm. going out there particularly going back a few years now i was so impressed with it but it is basically on a, a retail estate next to like a, a tesco or something so i just remember as the wolves fans were all coming out around the corner on the way back everyone was in trolleys that had nicked just, <laughs> yeah. which is just a hazard <laughs> then we got a 10 nearly ten thousand drunk wolves fans leaving a football ground but yeah luckily uh, we weren't disappointed and McAlinden jumped up because there was a bit of expectation there with a big crowd everyone's expecting you to turn up and batter them particularly when we've done so well that season but we went away with the three points which was the main thing and it's one of those games that will go down in Wolves history just because mm. that's a massive following for a, a league game probably you know it's I don't know how long the total attendance was but it's probably more away fans and home fans Dan do you think that was the first point in the season where daring to dream was actually backed up by a league table that you're looking at and going this is very close to happening now I think we were we were in a decent spot by then we put a massive run together didn't we in the new year mm. so we were in a good spot it was just a case of doing the business there that that sort of cemented it and you thought oh well we're not far away now we're going to get there I think we were winning but, so much it was a bit like if we don't win it'd be disappointing because yeah. like if you don't win I mean you took like nearely I don't know nine ten thousand fans somewhere you're just like Jesus Christ you've got to win this one 
it must be the highest Wolves league away at yeah, oh yeah yeah since since 1990 when they changed all the rules obviously mm. like in an all-seater stadium because it lifted Wolves up to top of the league well it, Wolves are top of the league Brentford in second and Leighton Orient then 10 points behind and having played a game more so I, I guess Harry were you sort of almost looking at it and going it's, it's done yeah I think we was but honestly the, the memory that what comes back to me is literally we need to win this game because there's nearly 10,000 fans here like I just not because said, you so. want the three points yeah yeah there. honestly I think throughout the apart from the beginning like I mentioned earlier when we got to like the half or the three quarter stage of the season it was literally we know we're going up but that day became almost like a cup final because it was so many fans going there it was like a moment it was it was running on Twitter for weeks people were like 10k to MK 10k to MK get it done get it done get it done and then when we finally did actually fill out that away end and like you mentioned, we had more away fans than home fans, and like, it felt like like the, being in the. Um, I remember being in the uh, you know like the concourse, and it's such a good stadium. It actually does feel like a, like a Millennium Stadium or something like that. So it did honestly that day become more like please win just for all these fans, and I think everyone forgot about the league at that point. This is more dangerous. Manages to get the shot away, and it's a fine save from Martin to keep out James Henry. He's committed a fair few forward. Goldman challenging for that. He's caught again by Odalusi, who was booked just two minutes ago for a challenge on the same player. And the yellow card is going to come out again. Odalusi here is off. Taken by McDonald for McAlinden. And Wolves might just have won it. It's Liam McAlinden with his first league goal of the season. Off the bench and onto the score sheet. And it didn't take them long to punish the 10 men. They don't find anything in response. Well, that really could have gone anywhere. That is the full-time whistle. Wolves march on under Kenny Jacket at the top of the table. With that result and Brentford drawing away to Oldham 0-0 and Leighton Orient actually losing at home to Bradford 1-0, it was more of a case of when Wolves were going to get promoted rather than if. It meant that the gap over second place Brentford was six points. Wolves on 86 after 39, although Brentford had played a game less than Wolves. But Leighton Orient had played a game more and were now 10 points behind. It was all about the maths. Next up was Stevenage away, a nil-nil draw there before a 2-0 win over Peterborough United at Molyneux with Danny Bath and Dave Edwards on the score sheet for that one. It meant that promotion could be sealed at Crew Alexandra. And that game, of course, sealing promotion away at Crew Saturday the 12th of April 2014 was when it was confirmed. 93 points. Nobody could catch Wolves uh, apart from Brentford for the league title but in terms of promotion it was sealed there 2-0 win Kevin McDonald and Dave Edwards on the score sheet Jack what do you remember from that Uh, day? I remember us winning being very drunk and running on the pitch Um, (laughs) and I actually do remember because it was um, friend of the podcast Dan Mitchell's sister's wedding day and he couldn't go to the game because of that but I was invited to the night do I thought you were going to say oh Jack Jack I thought you were going to say that he couldn't go to his sister's (laughs) wedding (laughs) it's not that bad I remember he couldn't go uh, obviously because his sister was getting married but I was invited to the night do so I I ran on the pitch and like ripped up a load of the turf and took it to the wedding reception with me because I was hammered (laughs) started handing it out as promotion grass (laughs) I've got a story Jack Sam for you this one go on me and Seb you know Seb friend of the podcast he came on in 2017 he he was on early on he don't come on anymore he's not allowed but 
we were contemplating, should we go? Should we? Something was on, I can't remember exactly. And we didn't go. And we were we predicted that we wouldn't win, get promotion this game. So I remember being sat at home watching bloody Sky Sports News and then all the Twitter pictures come through with Stearman, the selfies. Do you know what I mean? All the fans, I was like, you're joking. I've been to nearly every game this season and this one I didn't go to. Absolutely gutted. <laughs> so do you earmark the next game, which would have been the Rotherham game? Yeah, as the promotion so I just went game. mad on that one. Yeah, I was like, get Stearman, Stearman, son. <laughs> A big day awaits Kenny Jackets, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Last night's draw between Rotherham and Bradford means that victory here for Wolves would see them promoted back to the championship. So 12 months after being relegated, McDonald making room for the shot, took a deflection, it goes in. And Wolves have taken the lead, looking to extend their unbeaten run to six games and go up in style. And they've got themselves in front. And there goes the whistle for half-time, and oh, Stearman's gone down here under a challenge from Chuxanike, which has incensed the Wolves players. Oh, it's a red card. And EK's been sent off right at the end of the first half. Challenge on Richard Stearman. McDonald. Ball bounces in and beyond Ben Garrett. And David Edwards makes it two to Wolves. And the championship beckons. Big travelling support here today. And it bounced beyond the goalkeeper. There goes the whistle. Wolverhampton Wanderers are back in the championship. Promotion at the first time of asking. They've done it in style. They've beaten Crew by two goals to nil. And they'll be back in the championship next season after a 2-0 win. And there you have it. Promotion at the first time of asking, like you just heard, back to the championship. Happy days. And I think for me personally, and I know for a lot of the guys, that this next fixture against Rotherham just sticks in our mind, mostly because people were running on the pitch for absolutely no reason because we couldn't secure the league and we'd already been promoted, but that didn't stop anyone. It was also one of the highest scoring games of the season and uh, we haven't seen one like it. I don't think probably we will ever again. So this seems like the perfect one to talk about, but also invite some guests on as well. So as you say, one of those most memorable games of that campaign, Harry, it sticks out for everybody. I think we don't want to get you in too much trouble, but you're definitely on the pitch at, at many points and potentially photographed for the local PAP. Um, but we're joined now uh, by Mick and Dan uh, from the Rotherham United podcast. Gents, how's it going to begin with? Uh, boring, very, very boring. <laughs> Is that the episode or, or life in general? We, we don't know. Just yet. life in general. <laughs> uh, well, as long as you gents are doing right all the way up there, uh, just to get the Rotherham perspective on this, you've said to us that it was one of the, the best games you've ever been to, obviously, results aside. Just talk us through it from your perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we were having a, we were having a really, really good season, and we were we were, we were sort of pushing for that automatic spot, that second automatic spot. Um, I think Danny, in our in our eyes, Wolves were always going to be yeah the, the the team that we were never going to catch. It was going to be either us or Brentford, um, and, and obviously, we came there to, to that game and basically just threw kitchen sink and everything at it, didn't we? It's such a strange mm. game, just the way that, that it all played out. And, you know, a, a 90th minute and a, a 97th minute in there as well. New Dicko against his former side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I might be wrong with this one, but I'm sure in the game earlier in the season, didn't he play for us, Dicko? Yeah, I think yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he scored. scored I think he scored two against yeah. us at your place. Uh, and then obviously, so that's five in five in the same <laughs> in two games. <laughs> um, 
we, we loved Neil Dicko, didn't we? Yeah. We really loved him and we were really disappointed. Because so did we, son. Uh, Jack, he was almost a fan favourite, wasn't he? I think he was quite, held in quite high regard throughout his time at Wolves and I think it's probably a bit of a surprise when he actually moved to Hull in, in those uh, in the seasons afterwards but when we talk about that game in, in general just what, what are your memories of it? Uh, I remember it just being absolute carnage really because I think we if memory serves me right we went 1-0 down Rotherham scored the first goal and then we sort of came back and got it up to 3 or 4-1 before Rotherham then brought it back to being 4 apiece didn't they I think pretty much yeah. and so it was just absolute carnage and I just remember all the absolute idiots running on the pitch <laughs> even when I think when, mm. that's, when that sixth goal went in which was Kevin McDonald I think um, if memory serves me right Kevin McDonald yeah, was, yeah, and Ricketts scored, uh, scored a, a worldie just before that I think to make it 5-4 but um, and then everyone was kept running on the pitch running on the pitch and I was one of the miserable people at the back who was like booing saying boo because we hadn't actually won anything yet we hadn't won yeah. anything we had, we'd already been promoted and we hadn't won the league and everyone was really on the pitch like we've just you know about to lift the trophy but it was it was a good laugh and now from your perspective I'm on the pitch Harry Mansell <laughs> no I want to ask I want to ask the lads we got on what did you think when all the fans started running on was you like idiots Mick and that what did you think no, I didn't even notice it to be honest did you not no yeah. Well, obviously, I did, but I didn't take it, anything about it. it. It was that time of the season, wasn't it? You know, and it, 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 I don't know, after a game like that, <laughs> I think it was fully expected and fully deserved. <laughs> All I remember is like the tannoy coming on. If any fans continue to run on the pitch, game will be abandoned. Kevin McDonald scored. I was on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Ran and celebrated with him. Go on, son. I was behind the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a game and a half, absolute game and a half. And, and I, I, my my main memory of that day, and please please, this is not me being salty in any way. Those second the, the second and third goals, we were right in line with linesmen. <laughs> VAR, literally at pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they were offside. But no. that they were, we talk, hey, I think listen, you were drunk, mate. In, I think you in were all drunk. seriousness, we're talking instant. You know what I mean? We took we took we strong the beer in the middle. Just in glass heart. But we had a few bathers. Yeah, it was one of those where you know you sat with, with linesman in front of you and he stood sort of five yards away from last man. I think you're never going to spot anything here, are you? <laughs> Uh, but to be fair, in all fairness, I think I was the only person at Rosamond that thought it was because <laughs> <laughs> I ended up stood up, shouting my head off, turned around, and everybody else just sat looking at me. So, um, booing you and Harry. Uh, in, yeah. in, the, in the grand schemes of, of that season, and and the way that it ended, and obviously it, it ended happily for Rotherham, obviously winning promotion. Do you think it was one of those games where I guess you felt a little bit hard, hard done by, but did it fill you with a little bit of confidence maybe going in, into the, the last sort of three games of the season and then the playoffs after that? I don't know what Danny's going to say to this. I didn't feel disappointed coming away no, from it. I'm not at all. I'm quite happy. I came out, of that, came out of that game thinking, you know what, whatever. I've I, I been I watched that. I've been... We're Rotherham United. We know who we are. We know what level we're at. We know what sort of club that we are. And we've come to Wolves in front of 30,000 people. We've scored four goals, yet we've lost. But if you're going to score four goals and lose, it's one way, it's a hell of a way of doing it, isn't it? You know what I mean? And 
it, it was a it was just a brilliant day as well into you know the sun was shining wasn't it it was hot and everyone was happy there was no coronavirus yeah. and, and Sam just on that as well just on about that league one season like, I, I think you got to credit Wolves a little bit because every club that comes to Mon you had that attitude didn't they yeah, it was like a cup final for them almost I know that's you know not sounding dicky or whatever but yeah. it was like a lot of the clubs come thinking Jesus Christ you know we're at the Molyneux we was in the Premier League two seasons before yeah absolutely so a lot of clubs really wanted to go there yeah definitely I mean to, to be fair our cup final that season were away at Sheffield United weren't it um, where, on that Tuesday night on that Tuesday night where did you win? no Mike Dean stitches up <laughs> but anyway, that's another story <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dean and what's his face Maguire Harry Maguire Slabhead mm. but anyway that's another story <laughs> he's shite now what's he doing now? yeah exactly he's done nothing has he since then <laughs> but yeah I mean there's a season for us it, it finished on an absolute high. Mick and Dan, where, where does that that whole season rank? It's up there, yeah. I don't know as it's it's I don't know as it's in the top three seasons, but certainly some of the events and games throughout that season rank right up there. Particularly, obviously that 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 game against Leighton Orient at Wembley for us was just something else. You know, two 0 down at half time and dead and buried, and then. We managed to squeeze one back. How many did you take that day? How many did you take? Oh, you massive, mate. Massive. Oh, yeah, no. About 15,000. No. That's good, though, isn't <laughs> it? To be fair. For us, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're what do we get? 8,000, 8,000, 9,000 at home? We're not, we're not a big club. And, but the thing is, we know where... We, we know what we are. We know where we should be, you know what I mean? And, and when we can punch above, punch above our weight, like we did that day, despite losing... Um, you know, it's it, it, it's good for us. It's nice for us, the few of us that there are. And I suppose scoring seven goals against the people, well, against the teams that ended up as champions with a record points all, I mean, you take a lot of solace in that, I suppose, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and, and not only that, you know, I mean, you, you look at what Wolves have done since. You look at what Sheffield United mm. have done since. We beat Sheffield United that season at our place, didn't we? Yeah. Um, you know, and. And then we've had a few seasons at Championship, and to be fair, that first one after when we got promoted that year it was shambles, weren't it? But a disgrace. Um, <laughs> you know, things, have, things have turned around since um, since Mr. Evans left and since uh, Steve Evans left. And just a quick one on football at the moment, sort of what's going on aside. It, what do you see Rotherham doing in a, in the next couple of seasons? Well, Mid-table Championship team. I yeah. Think. I, I, I'll be honest with you, things have changed massively at our club. Uh, we've got a manager in charge now who, whilst he's not a Rotherham lad, he's a Norwich lad. Uh, and Norwich, are, Norwich supporters are desperate to get him as their manager. But he's, he's, he's sort of, he's lived up here for 20 years, played for his fitness coach, now manager. And just just what he's doing with the club, what the, the chairman's doing with the club, it, it's just, it feels, the future feels really, really bright. He's building something really special. Some of the players that he's bought, he's bought some absolutely cracking players. Um, so we're, we're obviously we don't know what's going to happen this season. Um, what's your running look like, lads? Not too bad. It's quite a nice running. Yeah, it's not too bad. We've got Portsmouth. We're supposed to be well. We're supposed to be in Portsmouth, but that's at home. Sunderland at home. Sunderland at home. Last game of the season, which could be a biggie. Oh, that'd be great if you can get them crying on a documentary. <laughs> oh, yeah, <absolutely. laughs> 
but, but other than that that's it we're big team isn't it? well gents thank you so much for joining us it's uh, it's been good to sort of get both sides of it obviously spending spend this episode talking about it fully from a Wolves point of view but we thought we had to get you on um, just because this one stood out so much so thanks for joining the 77 Club best of luck for the rest of the season if and when it gets going again second place in the league at the moment only about two points I think it is behind Coventry and uh, and some yeah. potential six pointers in there as well so uh, it should be an exciting yeah. season so cheers guys yeah thank you and thanks for having us on good luck Wolves walk out at Molyneux for the first time since clinching promotion back to the championship last weekend their visitors Rotherham if they're to follow them automatically at least they'll have to win here to keep alive their slim hopes of catching Brentford O'Connor will take the corner and it comes the header for Agard has gone in Rotherham lead Kieran Agard runs right over to the away support outside of the boot pass into the path of Sacco plays it across Dicko equalises Rotherham's lead lasted seven minutes and Nua Dicko has double figures Dicko looking to sneak in here Nua Dicko for Wolves they've turned it around still going Goldborn does he fancy a shot he slides it into the path of Edwards it's 3-1 two goals in four minutes for Wolves certainly given Wolves a go here haven't they continuing to have the better of it in this second half Agard trying to scrap for it still got the chance maybe to get the shot away and he's found the bottom corner no flag against Dave Edwards Edwards is cross into the penalty area for Nua Dicko who will be going home with the match ball if Rotherham's hopes of automatic promotion are to fade away here they'll be proud of their attacking efforts cross comes in it's hit by Scars oh that's not a bad goal and Rotherham may still come away with something here right back Striding forward, he fancies the shot, it's deflected and in! It's a hat-trick for Agard, who got the final touch on it! It's been some game, Sam Ricketts, he wants the ball back, still going, Ricketts, oh, that is outstanding! Wolves might want another goal, Dicko might want another goal, here's a chance for number six and it's Kevin McDonald who adds his name to an unbelievable score sheet, an unbelievable game, two goals at injury time, Wolves 6 Rotherham 4 With one hand on the title it was a trip to Leighton Orient where Wolves ran out 3-1 winners securing the League 1 title thanks to MK Don's late equaliser against Brentford that day Stearman, Sacco and James Henry on the score sheet on that occasion before a trip to Coventry and a 1-1 draw Dave Edwards on the score sheet again and the final home game of the season saw a 3-0 win over Carlisle United Sam Ricketts, Michael Jacobs and Nua Dicko getting the goals on that occasion. It meant the Wolves finished the season on 103 points. Brentford were automatically promoted in second on 94 and Rotherham on 86 points won the playoffs. It was the start of, of something much bigger and obviously it, it took a while for, for Foson to move in and, and obviously get to where we are now. But actually in the grand scheme of how many years it's taken to get to this point it's actually only seven years ago that 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 season started so it's it's come an incredibly long way I mean like Jack mentioned earlier on in this episode that this has to happen this season had to happen in order to to get here and and get taken over and that sort of thing and Harry where does it rank in terms of the last sort of 10 years maybe since that maybe a bit longer ago so maybe uh, since Mick McCarthy took over and and the time that's elapsed ever since then it, you know it's it's a really big part of it's a really big cog isn't it in in terms of Wolves and where we are now yeah it's a huge season in our history you know like 
in terms of my age, as I said at the beginning, early 20s, prime, and just in the Wolves' actual history, like it was so huge. I think people forget how important it actually was. Like when... Um, What's, the, what's his name? I forget his name. I went to New York the other week. Farewell. Farewell. He was big, you know, he was mega in charge of uh, getting Kenny Jacket in. And that move so important in hindsight because we could have easily become a, a Leeds or a Sheffield United. And from there, we've gone up and it's my favourite season personally, home and away. It's the most away games I've ever been to. Obviously, I had a scene ticket and I really enjoyed it. Like Jack mentioned, the away grounds we went to. It was unreal and I'm glad we've covered this season because this season is so important in so many ways and I think a lot of people listening to this who are Wolves fans will probably agree. Jack, for you, it was obviously huge, the appointment of Kenny Jacket, wasn't it? And considering how the recruitment had gone since McCarthy was sacked in the February of 2012 and the literal chaos that ensued after that and it was just that stability but also the success that came with it is paramount it went perfectly to plan it could have could have gone either way and looking back now they did exactly the right thing and in the process gave some of like harry said some of the best memories i've had of being a wolves fan really i know everyone obviously took the piss out of us so much we went down to league one but luckily we've managed to get out of it so quickly and one of the seasons with some of the games i i would never never ever forget for probably for as long as i live some of the mad ones what actually I've just won that there's one of the game that sticks in my head that no Wolves fan will ever remember but I will never forget and that was the <laughs> we, we went in the FA Cup early this year that year obviously because we were in um, we were in League One so we started the first round which starts in November time and we got drawn against yeah. Oldham who were also in League One at that time game of football was terrible absolutely boring but it's not the game of football I remember we went into Manchester first to have a drink and we just started chatting with these three American guys who were sat next to us and they'd come they'd come up because Man United were playing the next day and they got tickets I think it was to see Man United Liverpool on the Sunday and we were like well lads 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 that's not real football come with us <laughs> so so we have a few beers and they were laughing and joking it's you know they were really excited yeah let's do it that's going to be brilliant get them to the ground they walk in all three of them walk through the turnstiles one of them takes one look at the ground walks back out he's like nah fuck this he was expecting it to be <laughs> he was expecting it to be like the Emirates or, or Old Trafford or something and just 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 leave straight away and just to be fair to them the other one stick it out and it was a terrible game of football it was the end of the draw and then they beat us in the replay in the end um, and but the one of them who we get on quite well with I think his name was Brad and he was from Chicago I think if, if he's listening I very much doubt it but so then we uh, go back out in Manchester with him afterwards and um, we're just having a, having a laugh and we're walking down the street and we have a bit of trouble from some random Chester fans out of nowhere. He don't knock them out. No, no, he doesn't. And it all absolutely kicks off and these Chester fans batter us. It's like the opening scene of Green Street when you brought an American with you and, <laughs> and he doesn't quite know what's going on and neither do we really. So we have it off with these Chester fans. We're all absolutely steaming by this time. Um, one of the lads has a black eye. It turns out the other one has to have three days off work on Monday because he's got concussion. Damn Mitchell again. Um, and it just it just gets gets messier from there and 
I remember we think we ended up getting the last train back. We were all, all absolutely steaming. And I went to the Tesco to get some beers and the, my friends started messing around. And every time I was using the self-service, they kept throwing stuff at the scanner. So like some, some bag of sweets would go through and beep and I'd have to get the assistant to come and take them off. And they kept doing that and they got thrown out and I got split up from them. And it was like 10 minutes to the last train. So I thought, right, they've obviously gone and left me and gone to the, gone to the uh, station. So I would dart to the station, get on the train back, wake up the next morning think nothing of it they spent the whole night in Manchester looking for me because they've lost me and they <laughs> and, and they end up trying to get back into these American lads hotel and I and because the, the, there was three of them in, in total and they ring them and oh they let them into the hotel room and then their mate who was like the one who left the football here was like no nah, they're not staying on the floor in here so they chuck him out so they spend the night sleeping on the hotel corridor of a, of a hotel about four in the morning a security guard walks around it's like <laughs> Lads, what's going on here? You can't sleep here. <laughs> froze, froze them all out of the hotel, and they uh, get the first train back. And uh, yeah, and this was back oh. in the day before you had like the chargers and carried cables around with you. So obviously all our phones had yeah. died and stuff. And if you lost someone, you lost somebody. And uh, so they didn't get back to the next day, and I was all oblivious. Good laugh though. What that, a story. I thought it was going to be like a happy ending, ending story. Yeah, it's yeah. just actually <laughs> tragic all the way through. <laughs> just, but uh, I never forget it. Uh, Dan, have you ever had a night like that? Uh, yeah, probably. Not to do with football, like, but he has. <laughs> <laughs> that that sums up watching Wolves. That story. That, that, the anecdote of being a Wolves fan. Yeah, perfect, <laughs> perfectly. Uh, how does it rank for you? Obviously, we talked about the importance of it, and you know, it, it's it's a huge part of of where we are now. But in terms of a, a memory for you, and obviously going through through that period of time especially at uni when you've got the banter with the lads and stuff about you know your team getting relegated and they haven't ever actually heard of the team that you support obviously that's changed now yeah that's still still my best football moment from uni was a few years before that when we beat Man United 2-1 and Ella Kobe scored both the goals mm. and I was the only Wolves fan in an entire pub and I fucking let them know but that's a story for a different day this is a story um, for a different day it, it is definitely a stepping stone you could see it you could feel it but then I think the years after that weren't as good, so it's definitely well up there with the last two seasons. But what's mad, mate? This is Elko. He was actually in our team then, winning League One. Crazy. Yeah, he didn't, play he didn't really get a look in, did he? No. No. Scott Goldman, obviously, um, mm. getting that berth. Uh, excellent. Well, um, we'll leave it there. I think uh, that's probably enough of us talking. Uh, it's good to reminisce though mm. and uh, hear about Jack's drunken escapade I'm, I'm so glad that you've grown I out I sounded a bit of a mess in that season uh, did I <laughs> you did a little bit yeah I'm so glad that so much has changed and, uh, and Harry's obviously sobered up mm. quite a lot ever since so it's uh, it's good to see that we're all uh, making big changes in our lives uh, perfect well we'll say goodbye to Harry Manson see you in a bit Dan Bayliss yeah goodbye Wolf fans and Jack Williams see you guys and it's goodbye from me goodbye the 77 Club the Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.